We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Friday, August 25th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. We are less than two weeks away from the kickoff to the 2017 NFL season. Um, joining me today, we're going to talk a little dynasty, among other things, with Carl Sapchik, Dynasty One Fantasy. Carl, man, um, I missed you this year at the Flex Draft in D.C. because I didn't get to go, and you did. How'd your team wind up? Uh, it looked pretty good. Uh, I got Leonard Fournette in the second, and he's already hurt. I got Sammy Watkins in the third, and he got traded to the Rams. So it looked good at the time, at the very least. <laughs> so how much, speaking of that, <clears throat> what, what is, how much does the trade to the Rams ding Sammy Watkins? I don't think it hurts as bad as what most others think. I think, if anything, just learning a new playbook, getting acclimated with different teammates, I think that's the the main ding. Um, look, I like Tyrod Taylor a lot. I'm not going to go go out here and say that he's a bad quarterback like I've seen on my timeline lately. But he he's not the best. A lot of what makes him great is what he does with his legs. And there's not a lot of passing volume in Buffalo. There may be a lot more passing volume in, in L.A. if we look at what Sean McVay did in D.C. last year. And uh I also don't think that Jared Goff is as bad as what most people think. I mean, one of the greatest narratives this year 
might be how bad Jeff Fisher was last year because if Sean McVay can get Jared Goff to even look serviceable, we, we could just blame all of this on Jeff Fisher. And actually, I do want to ask you about Goff, too. So you don't think because I feel like I always want to give a guy the benefit of the doubt early. You know, you don't, I don't want to get to a second season for a guy who was the number one overall draft pick and write him off. With that said, you can't just say – the reason for thinking he'll be better can't just be because he was young and has a pedigree, right? Right. But, but what what did you see from Goff last year? I mean, it wasn't good. No. But was it correctable the, the way you saw it? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, if you look at the the stats, the, the advanced metrics, I mean, he was all time bad. But so was that offense. I mean, I don't know who else could have gone in there. I mean, save for Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and really made that offense a lot better. I mean, the offensive line was horrible. Todd Gurley, who a lot of us had faith in uh, this time last year was horrible as well. Are, are we willing to say that he's objectively bad too? I mean, the receivers outside of Kenny Britt and really when your best receiver is Kenny Britt, that's saying a lot too. So, I mean, they made upgrades at the offensive line. They made upgrades at receiver, obviously with Watkins and drafting Cooper cup among other guys and bringing in Robert Woods. I'm not saying Robert Woods is the answer to all questions, but they've made upgrades around him. I, I just see his situation last year as being so horrible that I don't know that I can go to the tape and evaluate him objectively. Okay. So, if you're building a long-term, which you do, fantasy team, is it Goff or Wentz as of right now? Oh, well, it just – it's Wentz, obviously. But, I mean, at cost, you can make oh. the, the argument for Goff. But I think it's definitely Wentz. Do you like, do you like Wentz? Because last year, I, I feel like the book on, <clears throat> on Wentz after the – I think they, what they started 3-0 and everybody was excited. And it, it probably masked – you know, he played fine. But then the, uh, over the course of the year, I felt like there was another one. The, the narrative on him was just very negative. People going, oh, I don't know. I don't care if he's the second pick. I just don't know that he's that good. I feel like people soured on him too quickly. It's funny because last night I said on Twitter that, uh, you know, he wasn't as good as what most people think. Uh, but he had a good game last night. And our friend Joe Dolan chimed in and told me, well, a lot of people think that Wentz is really, really, really bad. So he said that there are polar opposite views on Wentz. I, I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't see that. Uh, I guess I'm more middle of the road. I thought he was okay last year, but uh, our instincts nowadays are to make a rookie produce right away. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty good. I think he's going to be a, a pretty good quarterback. I think if you could go back and draft last year, I think I'm still taking Dak number one overall. Mm -hmm. But uh, Wentz would be a solid number two, I think. All right. Everybody, before we move forward with more uh, Dynasty and Redraft talk, we would like to thank <coughs> Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash yahoo. If you want to check either one of us out on Twitter, Carl is at Carl Safchik, S-A-F-C-H-I-C-K. I'm at jhoppin37. You can also check us out at Rotowire or at Rotowire NFL. The latter has lots of player updates when we have them. Um, all right, let's start out at quarterbacks. We're just going to go position by position. We will talk – we're going to talk mostly rookies, maybe some second-year guys kind of like Wentz and Goff that we just spoke about. But we'll talk about the, the long-term and short-term outlooks for a lot of these players. Let's start with Mitchell Trubisky since he was drafted highest among the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, did you uh, – when he played 
the, the first preseason game, I, I, was, I wasn't watching, and I'm on and off of Twitter, and people, people's heads are exploding about, oh, my goodness, Mitchell Trubisky. You know, the Bears fans, you know, Super Bowl, yay. I know they was joking around. But I watched, I'm no scout. I looked, I said, well, he, he's mobile, and he threw well on the run, and that's fine. Standing in the pocket, I kind of went, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I love what I see. He looked like he was throwing all arm, and the arm is not that great. What do you think of Mitchell Trubisky? I was impressed. Uh, I, I hate this phrase, but it, he looked like he had it. Okay. I, I, I hate that, but it, it's I, I don't know the better way to put it. Uh, he looked, as you mentioned, he looked mobile. He looked athletic for his size. Um, it, it seems that he has all the tools in my mind. You said you weren't impressed with his arm. I, I guess I was, especially when he was throwing on the run. He seemed pretty accurate. Um I like Trubisky. They obviously are going to need to put some things around him. Uh, he wasn't playing against first-team defenses. That spin move was awkward but worked. <laughs> you you, you kind of thought, like, I don't know what you were thinking there, but if if you had it planned out like that, then cool. Um, I, I, I was impressed with what I saw. I, I'm still not taking him over uh, a couple of the other guys, but um, I was impressed. Okay, so the other guys, let, let's say, are Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Kaiser. Who's your favorite among those three? It's going to be Watson. He did it for longer. He did it at a higher compet- at higher competition than than the other guys. Uh, Trubisky was a one year wonder. Now he could turn that into more future success. But Watson did it his whole career at Clemson and played against um, obviously some great defenses including Alabama in the national championship game. Uh, I get the knocks on him. Uh, he's going to have to refine his game. He's going to have to um, play around not having the strongest arm. Uh, but I just think that he could be a Cam Newton type player. I know he's not as big, as large as Cam Newton, and he wants to do more from in the pocket. Uh, but I see him being able to use his game at the next level in his own way. And if he can do that, I think he's going to be great. And especially for fantasy, since he's able to get some, uh, some yards on the ground. And obviously all four of these quarterbacks can get a little bit of yards on the ground, but I think that Watson can, can sustain the most success just being the most athletic of the three. Okay. I, I want to talk about him and, and Mahomes for a minute. Cause what, what I've been asking some people is with Trubisky and Kaiser, you can see the path to playing time pretty easily. I mean, Kaiser, it looks like Kaiser's going to start week one if, unless something weird happens right now. But you look at Watson and Mahomes, and they're on teams that are kind of good. <clears throat> so if you're, if you're four and three after week seven, how do you flip that switch? I think it's easier to flip in Houston yeah. with, with Savage there as the quarterback. But how does Kansas, I mean, could, unless the Chiefs, underachieve is Mahomes going to play this year I don't think so and I do think they will underachieve they're they're a very good team they have a really tough schedule this year okay um I think that even if they're underachieving and Alex Smith is not horrible I think no matter what the plan is to not play Mahomes this year I, I think that they want to have him have a red shirt year and that's why I'm not buying. That's not to say I will never be buying 
Uh, but I just don't think right now is the right time for for anybody that wants to be in the Mahomes camp. Okay. But do you like – I mean the arm strength is a big thing no, that, I do. that people love. Yeah. Yeah. I like all four of these guys, uh, which is rare for me for a, a quarterback class. <laughs> I like all four of them for vastly different reasons. Uh, I just don't think right now is the right time to buy Mahomes. I think you can possibly get him cheaper next year. Uh, and and really you're having to – you're between these four guys, you're having to pick a guy because like if you're in the third round of dynasty rookie drafts, they're all going similar spots. Okay. So really I'd be comfortable taking the fourth guy off the board if, if it's all in one tier. But uh, if you have – if if you're up and you want one of these guys, you're going to have to pick one of the four. Um, and Mahomes isn't that for me right now. Okay. So let's move to Kaiser, who who's probably – like I said, pro- probably the easiest path to short-term playing time. Literally <laughs> right now they're going to start him in the pre – I don't know. When are they playing? Tonight? Tomorrow? I've, this is Friday. I don't remember which day they're playing this weekend. But Kaiser's going to start, and it sounds like they're that you know that this train is rolling that he's going to play. Um, for short term, is this you? You obviously, if you're let's say you're streaming defenses in 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 fantasy season in redraft fantasy, you you are always looking to kind of gang up on the rookie quarterback when you get a chance on a bad team like which he is. Um, but but for instance, if you're going to stream a defense. Uh, I don't have the week one schedule in front of me. Would you, would you rather target Kaiser or Hackenberg? Oh, that's Hackenberg easily. Okay. <laughs> and I think they play Buffalo. Buffalo, if if I'm if I'm having to pick a defense, because it's really tough to project. If you're not getting like one of the top two defenses, it's really tough to project who is actually going to be good. Right. So just go ahead and grab the, the best defense for week one. And for me, that is Buffalo. All right. But but Kaiser, do you think? I mean, obviously there will be growing pains, but but you like? I mean, do you think he's he's got a good shot at being the Browns? Like he he could be the guy. Yeah, I don't think there's really any other option. And they play uh, they play tomorrow night uh, in Tampa. Um, yeah, and and he's the one that I would target for redraft. Obviously, I think that Osweiler is horrible, and Kessler's a serviceable backup, but he's never going to be starter quality. Uh, I like Kaiser a lot. I like the pieces that the Browns have. They have a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. They've made it. They've made upgrades at receiver with Kenny Britt and obviously drafting Corey Coleman last year. I love what they have at tight end. I told you when we were DMing earlier. I love Njoku. Even even Seth DeValve is sneaky athletic. As slow as he is, he does have some agility and burst, uh, and he is a, a, a big strong player. And uh, and obviously in the running game they have Isaiah Crowell, which a lot of people are are thinking is going to be a good player this year and and duke johnson coming out of the backfield uh, did he what happened with him did he separate his shoulder i know there was something with duke johnson i don't know hold on a second let's check um, um yeah but what, what i want to ask actually you mentioned Corey coleman in when you play in dynasty leagues you mentioned that you might be able to get Mahomes cheaper next year you're probably getting Corey coleman cheaper now than you did a year ago Yes. And are you still on board? Do you, do you think is, is that a is that a bargain that you're that you look to target? Because, I mean, the, the talent seems to be there. People seem to be worried that he can't stay on the field. But I mean, it was one year. So who knows? Are, are, are you are you a Corey Coleman buyer? Absolutely. I had uh, Pat Corain from Road of His Radio on my podcast uh, th- this past Monday. 
And I was saying how bad the fifth round in dynasty startups looks. The only player that stood out to any of us uh, was Corey Coleman. I mean, he is a screaming buy in the fifth round. He was my number one receiver coming out last year and nothing changed except for the ascension of Michael Thomas. I mean, Josh Doxson had two catches. Uh, Treadwell did next to nothing. Fuller looked good, but he got hurt. Uh, and Leonte Carew, who I was high on, just couldn't get on the field. So Corey Coleman's still my number one receiver from last year, except for Michael Thomas obviously jumped him. Um, yeah, I'm buying. I, and I think he's a great value right now in Dynasty Leagues and, and, and in redraft. Okay. Everybody, we need to thank our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast with Yahoo Fantasy Football. There are endless ways to feel the wins each week, uh, whether it's a way, winning way of reclaim a winning piece of smack talk or actually winning on the field. It's football in its funnest, best form, and where there's no such thing as an excessive celebration. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play, easy to use on a desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. You can sign up today at rotowire.com slash yahoo and download that app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row. The Yahoo Fantasy app Messenger allows for all the witty banter and smack talk that your league can muster. The app is just as extensive as the desktop experience. It lets you draft, <laughs> trade, check waiver options right on your phone. gives you in-depth w- player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Carl, do you h- how many teams are you setting waivers for every Tuesday morning? Oh, man. Um, I don't even want to think about that. It's <laughs> it, Look, it's, it's not as bad as many. I mean, some people are in like 60 leagues, and that, that's not a joke. I've oh, talked to people that are – I mean, I'm in like eight. And that's that's still overwhelming. I've been doing this for 13 years. Eight is still way too many for me. I, I agree. I, I've cut down the last couple of years. I get down to about five just because you know, I understand it's my job and everything, but it's no fun on Sundays to be rooting for and against that many people. I don't I don't root for anything specific on Sundays anymore because, I mean, yeah, I have certain players that I have a lot of exposure to. Uh, so I guess I'll root for those players, but I don't even look at my fantasy matchups until the until right before the Sunday night game starts. See, what I root for most on Sundays is for my advice to be right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's, that's because Sunday, when you're on Sunday mornings and people are on Twitter asking you questions, I know you go through it a lot. Sure. What, and what I what you get what you get to one o'clock, and you go. Boy, I just recommended Alan Hearns to a lot of people. Right. And and that's the one, you know, you don't want to let people down. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if he's playing against me. That's the one I go, you know, but I feel bad if it didn't go well. And he goes one Absolutely. for eight. Yeah. So, no more Alan Hearns recommendations this year, it doesn't look like. But oh well. <laughs> Um, all right, everybody, switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage your league dues for free. You can sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Feel the wins. All right, we're going to move on to running backs. You mentioned Leonard Fournette that you got in the flex draft. So that's a redraft, and you like. Um, is there – is that situation – is Fournette a guy who's going to excel in any situation, or is that situation with a team that looks like it's going to run the ball and play defense sort of a little – look better than than you might find elsewhere for him yeah i think he's the number one guy in redraft he's not my number one in dynasty uh but it's it's close uh the the lower leg ankle foot injuries do scare me but um i i try not to pretend that i'm a sports doctor (laughs) and i try not to pretend that i know which injuries are more important or uh will linger 
So I'm kind of letting that that go. Um, but I just think they want to give him the ball a ton. And I don't know I could say that for any of the other running backs. Okay. Um, yeah, they are going to get how – many, how many carries for Leonard Ford? I mean, I said to someone yesterday, if he doesn't get 300, I think I'll probably be – 300 excessive, but somewhere around there. I don't think he gets 300. Uh, and, really? that, and that might even be more just that I don't see the uh, offense sustaining drives okay. enough for him to get 300. Not, not only the fact that they're going to give Chris Ivory the ball a little bit and TJ Yeldon is a body, I guess. <laughs> uh, he may play a little bit on third downs. So, yeah, I, I would say 260 to 275. Okay. And, and the, that's, thing, the thing about sustaining it, drives is a good point. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, everybody, again, greetings from Charlotte, where I'm asking someone else about Christian McCaffrey. Um, look good again. Last time he limited action <laughs> last night. He's, he's what I keep saying, he, he's a better runner than people want to give him credit for. And I'm, I'm you know, late to the party. Why is that? One. I don't Why is, Because he is, does is, the other things. When you see the versatile guy, you tend to think of him as you know, oh, he's a kick returner and and he catches the ball and he's not that big and 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 when you think of a guy like Fournette, he's sort of this big bruiser, and you don't think of a guy like McCaffrey running like that. I, I think know. the elephant in the room is that he's a white running back. Yeah, probably that's probably true, and, and you know, and and our and and the history with white running backs is they're different because he's he's a quick, small, quick right white running back. And and they're and guys like that, you think, you look at who else is like that? I don't know, Danny Woodhead. <laughs> right? It's it's yeah, but he's, totally. He's not Danny but, Woodhead, I get it. No, he's not. He's far more athletic and Danny Woodhead's athletic, don't get me wrong, but he's far more athletic and he's he he profiles as an actual running back. Uh you know, he he doesn't look like Danny Woodhead out there. He's bigger than, yeah. than Woodhead. Um and he's very athletic. And he's my and he's my number one running back for Dynasty. Uh, for redraft, I think that the the demise of Jonathan Stewart has been greatly exaggerated. Yes. I think that he's still going to get a ton of carries this year. Um, he outperformed Christian, Christian McCaffrey last night. Yep. Uh, he had one big run. Too, right? Yeah. I mean, he played well. He's good. He's still a good back. Yes, he he's still very good. I, I, I would see their carries as being – sort of similar this year, maybe, yeah. maybe 200 from each. Um, and obviously they're going to get Christian McCaffrey involved in more than just running the ball, even though newsflash, we just talked about this. He's really good at that, but yeah. they're still going to get creative and, and use him in different ways. Um, but he's my, he's my one Oh one for dot or my, he'd be my close to my one Oh one. He'd be my one Oh two behind Corey Davis okay. in dynasty rookie drafts. Um, but I, I I like him a ton. I mean, he's I think he's going to be really special in this league. Okay, so th- for this <laughs> year, I, I think I'm I'm on board with you because I've been I've been saying 12 carries a game for Stewart. So we're pretty much on the same wavelength there. Um, and McCaffrey's somewhere close. But but how many? Okay, if you had to pick, pick a number, how many catches for McCaffrey if he plays all 60? Uh, 38. 38 catches. Mm-hmm. That's low. I thought I would have thought you'd say higher. Uh, just just because I don't know that he's going to be able to be on the field at t- like are they going to use Stewart and McCaffrey on the field at the same time because Stewart can be used out of the backfield as well so right I I just think they they invested heavily in him they don't need to use him 
they don't need to use him as a workhorse in year one. Right. Okay. Do you do you see him being the third down? If you see him being the full time third down back, then thirty eight would be low. I I do see him being that. <laughs> I think he's going to be on the field with Stewart a decent amount. I don't know what a decent amount means. That's that's a that's a vague term. I get. Um, but I think they're going to try to use him both, and I do think he's going to be the third down. I, I feel like the more that camp goes on, I, I was a early in the summer. I was a skeptic, not about McCaffrey but about his fantasy impact this year. I thought people are drafting him too high. When I see people drafting him in the third round, and I still see that, and I go, I don't know if the volume's going to be there just because Stewart's still there. But I think that the more it goes on, the more I look and say they seem to have big plans for him now. And what that means in terms of numbers, I'm not sure. But I think they see him and they go, wow, we really want to keep this guy involved pretty heavily. Um, so, I mean, and that's going to change more now that, now that Curtis Samuel's back, maybe he, you know, gets added to the mix. I know not to the same extent, but that, that was my next question. If, if McCaffrey and Stewart are on the field at the same time a lot, does Curtis Samuel even see the field? Uh, not as much, not as much as we'd like, Un- unless I, I mean, can, can Curtis Samuel, you know, d- does he replace Ted Ginn as the home run hitter? Is he that type of receiver? He's more of a. I mean, he was a hybrid in college, so I don't know. I, I think now that Curtis Samuel was out, was hurt for a lot of camp, and now he's back. So I, I, that's a wait and see for me. But you make a good point. They they can't have they can't have them. They can't have all three of those out guys no. out there all that no. often, right? No. Um. <clears throat> right. So you talked about we talked about the difference. You know, who's who you rank higher for for dynasty and redraft, and among the running backs, well. These guys are all getting some love, but Dalvin Cook is right there in the same tier with them. I'm looking at the MFL ADP. Fournette's running back 11, McCaffrey's 12, Dalvin Cook's 14. Uh, everybody loves Dalvin Cook. Now, I mean, basically, he, he's been the biggest riser. I think in the beginning of the summer, Mixon, who we're going to talk about in a minute, was the guy everybody seemed to love. And now I feel like it's Cook. Everybody seems to think, think that the the path to big volume is wide open for Dalvin Cook. Do you see that? Yeah, volume might be there. My biggest problem is their offensive line. It's subjectively one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't think they gave Latavius Murray a lot of money to not give him a little bit of opportunity. And then they also have the most athletic running back in the league in Jarek McKinnon. So – I don't know if I see the vo- volume there for year one. I think McKinnon's on the last year of his rookie deal. I think Murray is on essentially what is a one-year deal. So I like him in Dynasty. I just don't know if I love him in redraft just because of that offensive line. I love watching him in the preseason. I mean, he looks like, and it might be the hair, but he looks like a, a young Jamal Charles. Um. All right, so McKinnon's an interesting name. I joke around that I was one of the McKinnon truthers, and it burned me last year. I mean, I didn't invest a lot, but I, when Peterson got hurt, I, I basically thought I'd won all my leagues because I had McKinnon. Yeah, same here. <laughs> um, but th- but as a th- even though Cook can catch the ball, on passing downs, McKinnon's still a factor, right? I would I would think that they're going to give him the last opportunity to, to show more than what he's shown. It still, for me, is just that offensive line. 
They cannot create space for anybody. They couldn't create space. I mean, you could say Adrian Peterson's done, and that might very well be the case, but they didn't create any space for him. They didn't create create any space for McKinnon. The only player who really had any success was Matt Asiata, which was just a bowling ball and could just <laughs> run straight um, because I guess you don't need to create space as much for a player like that. So I'm just really scared. I do like Cook. Uh, he'd be my he'd be my third running back in redraft and dynasty of the four. I know a lot of people are shocked because there's some real uh, mix and enthusiasts out there, but they need to get that offensive line better for him in the future for me to be excited at all for Dalvin Cook. All right. So now we're going to go on to Mixon. He was a I feel like when he got drafted, everybody, a lot of fantasy <coughs> analysts who kind of were doing somersaults. They loved him. I mean, well, he can, he can run, he can catch. Jeremy Hill stinks. And, you know, everybody, Joe Mixon, fantastic. I can't wait to draft him. And I'm exaggerating, and I'm poking fun at some people. But, and you, you and I had a Twitter exchange, and I think you were saying some things about, about Hill still being there. And I said, joked that I had been telling people, Jeremy Hill's not as good as we thought, but he's also not dead. Right. <laughs> so, so Mixon... Uh, what kind of workload share do you think we're looking at here? I mean, I, I still think Hill is in play here to get 10 carries a game and maybe some goal line work. Yeah, I would agree. And Jeremy Hill, we're talking about the guy who has the second most rushing touchdowns over the past three years. Yeah. Um, so in the whole league. So uh, I think trying to figure out who to play there is going to be difficult. Um, you can have Jeremy Hill for way cheaper than Joe Mixon right now, and he's the starter. He's outplayed uh, Mixon so far in the preseason. And, I mean, you could look at the yards per carry. You can look at the way the coaches are talking about them. Um, Mixon was never going to be um, a buy for me. And I know this seems like oversimplification, and in a way it is. But I tend to stay away from players who have all-field trouble, especially from a dynasty mindset, because just the the rate of reoccurrence. Mm-hmm. You know, for, I would love nothing more than for every athlete to stay out of trouble and have success and make some some money, take as much money from these billionaire owners as possible. <laughs> and, and I mean, honestly, but just as a fantasy analysts and as a dynasty owner for the past 13 years i've just seen it happen too much where where these players do something stupid off the field and it doesn't even have to be the same thing i'm not even saying that he's going to physically assault somebody but that poor decision making i could see him getting in trouble for peds i could see him getting in trouble for you know recreational drugs or whatever it may be i'm i'm not investing in players like that and it's not some sort of moral superiority. It's purely strategical. Yep. I, I can see that. Martavis Bryant, for instance. Yeah. Why would you invest in that guy right now? I mean, I might take I, a shot short term, but long term, no way. I think he's even, Martavis Bryant is at his peak in ADP, even as far as on field goes. I mean, he's being drafted really high. I know. I, I did get one share of him in redraft this year. Um, I was doing a home auction. And the uh, so- the software glitched. I thought I was buying him for 13. I bought him for 19. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
yeah, I, I think even Martavis Bryant's a good example of of what, exactly what you were saying. But I think also just specifically in his case, he's being drafted at his peak uh, for on field potential too. I agree. That's that's the eyeball test for people. You look at that; he just looks like a freak, and people just love him when they see him and they see him make the big plays. They just love him. They say, "Oh my gosh, he's gonna," you know, if if only they threw to him more, which they're not gonna. But you know, he's he's, well, he's the number three guy in their offense. That's it. Well, this is what I said about uh, Devontae Parker last night is he was always capable of making Sports Center top 10. That was <laughs> that was never his problem. So when he made that uh, very athletic catch last night, everybody's like, Devontae Parker's back. He's going to do it. And I'm sitting here saying, like, being able to make that catch is, uh, one, a very good thing because, hey, you just made a great catch. Two, a very good thing because you're showing people that – any, like any catch is possible for you, right? So like right. there's no catch you can't make. But doing that was never Devontae Parker's problem. Doing stuff like that consistently was his problem. Making the easy catch, running the, the proper route, th- those were Devontae Parker's problem. So l- let's not see Devontae Parker back on SportsCenter Top 10 and think now he's a second-round you know, pick or whatever, whatever. I don't know what round he's going in right now in redraft, but I'm assuming it's probably sixth. Let me, um, take, let me take a quick look. I'm, I'm going to go MFL as my reference. And Devontae mm-hmm. Parker is going probably in the sixth. Because oh, I think, hang on a second. Sorry. I, I love, I, I'm sure, I always think people must get so excited when I'm scrolling through websites. Right. Yeah. This is perfect radio. Well, while one. you scroll, I just want to make the observation, John, that I, I have your picture up in the top right corner and I'm looking at, a picture of Christian McCaffrey, and he looks like he's uh, your son. <laughs> you guys have very similar features. I got to put them together. I got to put them next to each other and check that out. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Devontae Parker, 85. So at the turn, the 7-8 turn. That's not bad. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. No, no, that's not horrible. That's not horrible. But I I suspect the way people were freaking out last night yeah. uh, that you could see his ADP get a, a bit of a bump. Um, everybody's saying that Jay Cutler is good for him. I don't see an upgrade from Ryan Tannehill to Jay Cutler, um, and especially not for any specific player. I just don't. I just don't see that. Um, so I, I'm. I'm just not. Look, I loved Devontae Parker coming out of college, but I haven't seen what I needed to see to verify my own my own scouting of him. He's he's he did what he did in college. He's been able to make great catches, but he hasn't done it consistently. So he hasn't even lived up to my own expectations. Somebody that was a quote unquote Devontae Parker truther. I I said that Devontae Parker was almost as good as Amari Cooper, more so than not as bad as Kevin White, who he went behind in the NFL draft. And even though I guess I've been somewhat proven right about Kevin White, I don't know if if proven right when he has so many injuries is, is fair yeah. of me to say, but, but I, I don't know that he he's lived up to being nearly as good as Amari Cooper. I don't think that's even close. So for me, somebody who, you know, touted Devonte Parker very highly, I feel like I was wrong. And then all these people who didn't like Devonte Parker now are jumping on. And I'm sitting here saying, wait, he hasn't even lived up to the guy who said he would be good expectations. Right. All right. Um, I want to talk about a few more. I know we got all. I know we no, got all. That's okay. <laughs> no, this is good there. stuff. Um, I, I want to 
I want to do let's say let's say rapid fire on the other running backs, the other rookie sure, running backs. Sure, um, sure. Kareem Hunt's one that peeped that's a lot of buzz with Kareem Hunt taking some of the first team snaps from Spencer Ware. Um, I kind of like Spencer Ware. I do too. Uh, do, do you? Uh, is the Kareem Hunt love getting getting a little crazy for you? Yeah. So I I went over my first three picks in the flex draft. Spencer Ware was my fourth round pick. Okay. And every and everybody kind of was like, huh, you you already have two running backs and you only have Sammy Watkins and you're going Spencer Ware. Um, I, I think he's the guy in Kansas City this year. I think Kareem Hunt will get some play, but I, I think that the uh, Kareem Hunt love is is out of control a bit. I, a, a lot. I guess I guess that's kind of the theme with a lot of these rookies for you and I tonight. Right. That that it, we're just projecting so much upon right. them. You know, we talk about Christian McCaffrey and. And we both agree that Jonathan Stewart's still there. Everybody is in love with Joe Mixon. And you and I are both like, well, Jeremy Hill's not dead. And I guess the theme here is stays the same. I I think Spencer Ware is the best running back there. And even Charkandrick West, I think, could probably get like, I don't know, 50, 60 carries this year. Mm-hmm. He's uh I mean, I, I I had hopes for him a couple of years ago. That annoyed me. I kind of thought he was a sneaky little, you know, could could produce a little more. Plus, I he, like I like the I like the nickname the Charknado. So yeah, Charknado was good. <laughs> um, and he had a uh, a good run in this preseason, I believe. Uh, he he was the the DB caught back up to him, which you know he never had breakaway speed, but he had a, I think it was like a fifty yard run if I if I remember correctly. All right, next one up. Uh, you're in the D.C. area. Um, Samaji P. Ryan. Okay, uh, two months ago, everybody thought he was, it, was a, it was a done deal that he was going to take over for Rob Kelly. And then we heard rumors out of camp that he wasn't blocking well and he fumbled. And then he had the first preseason game and it was a fumble and a drop pass and a missed block. And I thought, done, dead, forget him. And then last week he played pretty well. I mean, I guess it's not like they were going to bench him in preseason. Um, what, what happens here? Uh, very same sentiment for me, uh, with the same with the rest of these rookie running backs. I I said from the beginning, look, you might not think Rob Kelly's good. I might not think Rob Kelly's good. Jay Gruden loves Rob Kelly. He's going to be not only the early down running back, but very definitely the early season running back to own, um, whether Samaj P Ryan takes over, Late in the season and or long term for Dynasty, um, that's up to Samaj P. Ryan. But Rob Kelly's going to be get every opportunity to be the lead down running back. And um, for that reason, I'm not buying P. Ryan in, in redraft. And I'm not buying him in Dynasty either. I don't want a fourth round running back as a first round pick in Dynasty. And he's very consistently gone in the first round of Dynasty rookie drafts. Give me a guy like Zay Jones, Kenny Galladay even. Give me any of these uber-athletic wide receivers who you know profile well to the, to the NFL over a fourth-round running back who, yeah, produced well at Oklahoma, but there's a reason he fell to the fourth round. And we're seeing it early that he's not being consistent in, in training camp and preseason. All right. Um, Saints, crowded backfield. With Ingram, Peterson, Alvin Kamara had a big play last week. Um, looks like he might be the pass catching back. Um, even though Ingram catches the ball um, for, for, but let's say for short and long term. I know it's a, I throw that out there, and it's a, you know, they're completely different. But um, do you think Alvin Kamara makes any kind? Of, would you draft him in a redraft league first? Probably not. Um, 
that it's just way too crowded there. And let's not forget they are a pass first offense. We we could say they brought in Adrian Peterson, retained uh, Mark Ingram, and and got Alvin Kamara to be a run first team. That's not Sean Payton and Drew Brees. That's not going to happen. They're going to lead the league in pass attempts like they do every year. Right. Um. So no, in the short term, I'm not buying Alvin Kamara. Much for the same reason uh, in uh, Samaje Ryan, I'm not buying him in Dynasty rookie drafts because he's going around that Zay Jones range, and I'd much rather have Zay Jones. Okay. Uh, the last one is Deontay Foreman in Texas. Um, I, it's so funny. Last year we were also we were also excited about Lamar Miller that he was going. He's finally getting his chance to be a a, a workhorse. And, you know, maybe the Dolphins, you know, were, were stupid that they didn't use him enough, even though they used him enough to make him a top 12 fantasy back. Um, and Deontay Foreman comes and everyone wants to kick Lamar Miller to the curb. Do you think De- De- is Deontay Foreman down the road going to be a good NFL running back? I don't think so. I watched his tape at Texas. He looked like he got what was created for him. Um I'm not ready to I, – I, I hate that I'm like doing this whole theme of veterans over rookies because it's not always that way for me. I like right. a lot of these rookie wide receivers. Uh, I like a lot of these rookie running backs. I like Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. But um, Deontay Foreman doesn't strike me as someone who's going to sustain long-term NFL success. Uh, I still think it's the Lamar Miller show there. I know he didn't perform well last year. He did get 1,000 yards. Um, but they just gave him the ball a ton. And – Let's not let's not discount what bad quarterback play means for the running back. Right. Uh, I mean, Brock Osweiler was just all time bad last year. And, uh, you know, when teams can just load up the box, that that's the result you're going to see. So um, I'm, I'm still buying Lamar Miller. Uh, I got him in a few redraft leagues. Uh, I'm not really buying many running backs in Dynasty. I like to play the zero RB approach and really look for value. Um but in redraft, it's Lamar Miller. And in Dynasty, give me somebody else at uh, Deontay Foreman's price point. Okay. Uh, everybody, we got to thank another sponsor, and it's SleeperBot. Uh, football season is less than two weeks away. The NFL season kicks off on Thursday, September 7th. So it's time to – if you haven't fired up your fantasy league already, you need to kind of do it now. And I've been playing for a long time, as I keep reminding you. And, uh, you know, some the, the tried-and-true platforms are great, but sometimes you want something a little different, some, look for some innovation. And I think we have that in SleeperBot. Um, you know, it, it's – the app is really easy to use. Um, you can set up a league with just three simple taps on, on the phone app. Really easy to invite people to join. Uh, it's got a full suite of features to help the commissioner, which we all know being a commissioner is a thankless job. So any, anyone that can make it easy on me to do that is great. Sleeperbot looks really, really great. Cool draft board that you can cast onto a TV if you want to. Lots of fun animations. The app, it's just, it's just different, more modern than, than some, and, and social, which is great compared to some of the other ones you see. Now that I've seen it, I'm going to have a listener league, which next week, I promise, I've been teasing it for a long time. Next week, I will have some information about how we can have a listener league on Sleeperbot. I really want you to check out Sleeperbot. Just check out that app. Check it out in the app store. Your commissioner and league mates, or league mates sorry, are going to thank you for it. Thanks a lot, Sleeperbot. And again, I'll have information on that listener league next week. Okay, wide receivers. Um, I can't, you know, we've been joking around that we've been negative on people. Um, I want you to be positive on someone. I know you can't wait to talk about Corey Davis. Yeah, I just think he landed in the perfect position. He's the number one, he was the number one wide receiver prospect, went to probably the number one destination, uh, pair him up with Marcus Mariota for years. I, I, there's nothing bad I could say about Corey Davis. 
What about for, for now? How, how soon is it going to take for Corey Davis to be an impact fantasy player? Well, just the time he missed concerns me, um, but I would still take him as the top rookie off the board in redraft leagues. Um, I'm generally staying away from most rookies in redraft. Um, I don't know his price point, but he'd be somebody, if I had to take a rookie wide receiver, obviously I'm looking at him. Corey Davis, ADP-wise. Oh, you're going to like this. Hold on. Now he's going as the 36 receiver off the board, so he's probably end around eight. Yeah, that's um, that's that's fine. I, I wouldn't mind taking him there. I, I haven't yet in any of my redraft leagues, so I guess there's other players in that range that I like better. Um, but I, but I'm okay with that. With that, I don't think he's a screaming value, but I'm okay with that. Uh, as far as dynasty goes, I think he's just a great player to own. Just match him up with one of the league's best young running uh, young quarterbacks, and uh, I'm I'm cool with that. All right, um, a lot cheaper to own. We had three. We had three receivers in the top ten: uh, Davis, Mike Williams, and John Ross. A lot cheaper to own those two guys. But John Ross was hurt earlier in the summer. Back in the mix now. Uh, I know you really like him a lot. Yeah, I like. I, I love John Ross. It's almost as if his speed is being used against him in an argument why you shouldn't own him. Like people are comparing him to Tavon Austin and you know Percy Harvin, players like that. It, it, that's just not him. He's he's. He's a complete wide receiver that just so happens to have record-setting speed. Um, I mean, give me John Ross all day, every league I'm in, even in redraft, because you could get him like almost in the last round. Uh, our pal Eric Young sniped me in the flex draft. It was like <laughs> the second to last round. Eric, Eric. By the way, he 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 had, wore the championship belt. Uh, Did he, he won. Really? Yeah, I, I think you and I were in the non-PPR last league last year and and Eric so, and all yeah. them were in the PPR league and, and he won he won uh the championship belt for that league so uh I, Corey Parsons um won our league but uh yeah man he sniped me on John Ross and then I then I told him I'd trade him Quincy Anunua who I drafted like four, four <laughs> rounds earlier and he was like all right we could talk about that and then like while we're drinking beer, Quincy Anun was out for the year. Right. Yeah, that's a rough one. Quincy Anun. A lot of people <laughs> like that one. And it just, it, you know, as the last man standing, he would have been nice. Um, so did John Ross get enough? Is there enough volume for him? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, obviously AJ, AJ Green's there and uh, Tyler Eifert's there. But after that, I think he could be the third target in the passing game. Um, I'm not a Brandon LaFell fan anymore. And uh, Tyler Boyd, I think, is just a guy. Uh, get it in the playmaker's hands, man. That, that's what they want to do. They they didn't draft him that high for nothing. I, I, you know, people 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 want to discount uh, draft position, and they shouldn't. That is the number one indicator of like the number one standalone indicator of how good a player will be. Um, and if, if you want to be lazy about anything, be lazy and take draft position into account, <laughs> that's a you good know, point. Yep. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't look at drops. Don't look at whatever athletic metrics, just look at draft position. If you want, if you want a, a quick way to know how good a player will be, just look at that. Okay. The other guy that came to mind, you were trying to compare him to people. Ted Ginn was the other one that popped into my head that people <clears throat> oh, want to yes. compare him to because he was a fast top 10 pick. That, that uh, Scott Fish, I think, mentioned 
I, I believe it was Scott mentioned that no one since Ted Ginn uh, has been a top 10 NFL drafted wide receiver and ha- was falling out of the uh, first round of dynasty rookie drafts. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. The other top 10 pick was Mike Williams and Mike re- redraft. Mike Williams is dead to us, I think, because his back yeah. injury, they don't know when he's going to play uh, long term. He's a completely different guy than John Rosser. I mean, he's sort of a big, not terribly fast, um, big go up and get the ball and take it from people kind of receiver. How good of an NFL receiver do you think Mike Williams is going to be? So it's interesting because uh, I admittedly, I tell all of my followers and all of my listeners, I don't watch a lot of college football. Mm-hmm. The, the one team that I do watch is Clemson. I, I love watching Clemson. I used to live there. I went to a ton of games there. Um, I, being a Clemson, being a Mike Williams fan, was telling people before the draft, hey, Mike Williams is good. He's not as good as what some of you think. Okay. Now, that being that being said, uh, I think the narrative is completely flipped on its head, and now he's just horrible because of the back injuries. Not you can't touch him in Dynasty, and, and I think that that that's also incorrect. Um, yeah, the back injury is going to keep him out for a while. Uh, modern medicine is pretty good. Newsflash: <laughs> like <laughs> we can get, we can we can rebuild him. We have the technology. Um, I think he's going to come back and I think he's going to be a, a pretty good NFL wide receiver. And at his price point, that's a buy for me. OK, um, you talked about Zay Jones a little earlier. Zay Jones's fantasy redraft stock got a boost with Sammy Watkins trade. Like you, you, you can now see a path to Zay Jones being the Bills top receiver this season, right? You can almost see a path for him being the top rookie receiver. OK, so you think. He's, I mean, I mean, what are their options? I mean, you know, Jordan Matthews and, I mean, you know, Bolden's gone. And yeah. There's not, you know. Marquise Goodwin's gone. Mar- right. So um, Charles Clay isn't, isn't very good. Is, is Zay Jones worthy of, of being someone's number one receiver? You know, he was a second round pick, right? I mean, pretty, you, you, you seem excited about him. In what, in what sense a number one receiver? You mean a team's number one a, receiver? A team's number one receiver. I mean, maybe it's not ideal, but, you know, there are worse, number one team, there are worse team number one receivers. Absolutely, yeah. I, I really like Zay Jones. I think uh, he fell to a good spot in the draft. He is, he is very athletic. I mean, he is in like the 80th percentile or better in pretty much every measurable metric. Um, do you, and you buy into that stuff? I, I, I mean, the spark scores and things like that. Um, I, I think that it's a good indicator. I don't okay. think it's the end all be all. Um, I'll, I'll be the first to say I need to see them on the field. Um, uh, but that is a good indicator of what a player can be. And, and look, you know, we mentioned draft position. He was a high second round pick. So we have high second round pick. We have great situation, at least as far as, uh, opportunity goes and, and volume goes. And then, and then thirdly, you know, I mentioned this last, um, his athleticism. So, I mean, he checks all the boxes right now. And, uh, yeah, he's somebody I'm definitely buying in redraft and in dynasty. Okay. What, what kind of price do, do you think? So, so you're in a league that starts th- three receivers and a flex. Okay. You think if you have Zay Jones, you think he's going to be starting for you most weeks? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So if, uh, you're asking me if he's going to be a top 48 wide receiver. I would, I would, I would say so. Yes. Okay. Um, I want to veer off a little bit and go to one second year guy. Because I haven't talked about it a lot in a while, but but I think he fits here because 
last year, he, I don't know what kind of dynasty popularity he had before last year. It's Tyreek Hill. He's an unusual player. And I, I know that my, temp, it's funny, we talked about this with McCaffrey. I know that my temptation with Tyreek Hill is to look at him as, as somewhat of a gadget guy. And that's a little harsh, but I, I when, when the Chiefs basically cleared the way for him to be their number one wide receiver, I was looking, shaking my head going, I, don't, I know the guy's got ridiculous game break. You know, he's as explosive as anyone in the league, but I don't know if I buy this. Do you buy it? Uh, to a degree, he's somebody – I know him being young doesn't make a lot of sense that I'm going to say this, but he's somebody I'm buying in redraft and not in dynasty. Mm-hmm. His situation is very similar to Zay Jones in that – there's really nobody else to throw to. Obviously, we have Travis Kelsey. He's going to probably lead the team in targets. But he is, I mean, he is somewhat a gadget player. He was somebody that the Chiefs had to scheme mm-hmm. to get the ball in his hands. He didn't He didn't have a high snap count last year. And that was even after he was having these game-breaking plays. So he, he's going to have higher volume than he did last year. I don't I don't want to say he's going to have all the volume because he's just that not that type of guy. Uh, but he is going to have higher volume than he did last year. And much for the same reason of Joe Mixon, I'm just as as a strategical standpoint. Again, I'm not I'm not claiming any moral superiority here. Mm-hmm. As a strategical standpoint, I'm not drafting those type of players. Okay. I mean, the the one guy who was trying to talk me off this one was Matt Harmon from NFL.com because he does the uh, reception perception, yeah. right? And he and he was talking to me about this, the basically the separation that Tyreek Hill got. That would argue that the route running is pretty good. So I mean, I, oh, he was trying to talk you into Tyreek into Hill. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he he was the gotcha. one who was basically challenging the position that I had um, because he was saying, you know, no, 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 he can run the routes. Um, what we know, I mean, the the, the number was low compared to what other players did. You know, he had one season and he was not really a full-time, you know, like a real wide receiver. But he... Yeah, the, the, thing, with, the thing with Matt, though, is he loves wide receivers like I love Ukrainian women. Like, you're not going to get him <laughs> to say a bad thing about any of them. <laughs> okay. Um, a guy you mentioned earlier, Kenny Galladay. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of hype. And I don't, want, I don't mean hype negatively. A lot of hype this summer. And, you know, the Lions, you look at them and you go, there's, there's not a, there's good players there. There's not an, I don't know, is alpha a cheesy word to use? You know, I mean, Marvin Jones, I, I like. I go. think Jones, I think Jones could be the alpha, but I think Kenny Galladay could be the incoming alpha a year or two down the road. He's somebody that I, I'm definitely actively shopping for in Dynasty. I didn't, I didn't shop for him. Um before the preseason but he's having a hell of a preseason um and he's somebody that went before uh uh samaje p ryan and joe williams two players who regularly go over him in dynasty rookie drafts and yet he plays a more important and more predictable position than them in dynasty and was drafted before them and has shown more in the preseason than them so uh, we need to we need to get away from drafting these late round r- running backs early in dynasty rookie drafts and look at athletic, proven productive players like Kenny Galladay. Okay, so Marvin Jones. See, I think my thing with Marvin Jones is last year he looked like a sneaky play, and his stock went up over the summer, and I got him in a bunch of leagues. And after a few weeks, I was so happy 
and then it crashed and burned and nothing. And then he got, well, and then he got hurt. Yeah, he did. I mean, pre injury, he was one of the top wide receivers in fantasy. He was awesome. Um, okay. So I think we need to judge him pre injury. Gotcha. That's fair. And I mean, I'm pulling it up now for the first, what did you say? Four, four or five weeks. I think so. He was was exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's, so he's someone now, Marvin Jones, if I'm looking at. Yeah. Through the first six weeks, he had four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He had a a 118 yard game, a 205 yard game, 85 yard game, a 74 yard game. A uh, 94 yard game in week seven against Washington. And then he got hurt and then his stats plummeted. So I just, I'm thinking we need to judge him pre injury. And he's going as the 48th wide receiver in MFL drafts at the 129th eight pick yeah. overall. Yeah, give me him there all day. I know I've been negative about a lot of players. Um, when we get to talking about wide receivers, you can see the smile on my face. <laughs> okay. Last wide receiver I want to talk about. We talked about Curtis Samuel a little earlier, and, I, and I'm going to skip him for today. But um, Cooper Cup, not playing this week. Last week, Jared Goff threw him every down pretty much. Um, is, is he the stereotypical white slot wide receiver? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think we can bring up – here, here's the problem is – I, t- I, I talked about athleticism earlier. You asked me what I thought about athleticism. When people try to quote a slot player's athleticism to me, it boils my blood. When people talk about how unathletic Jarvis Landry is, it makes me so mad because it doesn't really matter at the slot position. Can you catch the ball really well? Can you run a good route, get open, and catch the ball for 10 yards? Oh, you can do that? Great. You're going to be a good slot receiver in the NFL. <laughs> That's what Cooper Cup's going to be. Um, so don't quote athleticism to me when talking about Cooper Cup or Jarvis Landry or Jamison Crowder or you know any of these players. They, they, they get open. They have reliable hands. They run good routes, and and they're for lack of a better term, I know I, I hate this word as well, but they're slippery. You know what I mean? They can yep. shed tackles well. So Cooper Cup, he's one of the players that you do want to use the eyeball test with a guy like Cooper Cup. You don't want to you don't want to use combine metrics to define slot receivers. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm buying him. And, but I, I'm buying him for a much different reason. And I hope I express that well that, that I'm uh, that I'm buying the other uh, wide receivers. There might not be uh, wide receiver one upside in his future. But you're buying him as like a wide receiver seven, I think, in most cases um, in redraft and in dynasty. And he's going to produce as a wide receiver four. You know what I mean? It's just about return on investment. 65 catches, you know, 800 yards, five, six touchdowns. Yep. I mean, with any of these players, you're talking about potential return on investment. And I think the the. Buying players like Cooper Cup where and and Jamison Crowder, uh, in previous years, obviously his ADP has soared as of recently. Um, but buying players like that, and I mean, look, he goes to a Sean McVay offense. He's he's literally playing the Jamison Crowder role. So yep. uh, buy him if if you don't want to spend a, a a pick on Jamison Crowder because he's going super early. And I would definitely understand why you wouldn't want to spend a pick on a player like him or even Jarvis Landry. But but I like Jarvis Landry. But that's another story. Buy Cooper Cup. All right. Um, yeah, last week, like I said, I mean, Jared Goff basically went back and was like, oh, where, where's Cooper? <laughs> I got to throw <laughs> to him again. All right, everybody. Um, 
we recommend you go to fantasysportsmarkets.com. They've been sponsoring our podcast. We really appreciate it. Fantasy Sports Markets has the best DFS contests available with cash awards and big bonus prizes every day. As always with Fantasy Sports Markets, there's no salary caps. Draft whoever you want on your roster. Try the free-to-enter preseason football contest. The prize is a copy of Madden 18, which comes out today, right? I think it's today. Um, register today and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to get $15 in promotional credit towards your contest entries. It's available to all U.S. residents. Go to fantasysportsmarkets.com today. All right. We're going to close this out with some tight ends. Um, O.J. Howard got drafted really high. Redraft-wise, I feel like a lot of smart people have been talking to me here in the last few weeks saying, well, the problem with O.J. Howard is that he's a good blocker. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. <laughs> and they're going to play two tight sets, and Cameron Brate's going to be the guy catching the ball, and OJ Howard's going to block. So, so you're it. You're, you you agree, basically. Yeah, uh, and on the other hand, being good at being a blocker is going to make him a viable NFL asset for a long time. Yep. So, for dynasty reasons, I'm not mad that he's a good blocker. Um, that it's, it's actually a good thing. He'll stay on uh, the field long term. Yep. 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 And for that reason, I'm perfectly okay with buying OJ Howard in dynasty. Um, but for redraft, I'm, I'm buying into Cameron Bray and even in dynasty, I mean, Cameron Bray is just super cheap. So if you need a cheap option, if you wait to draft tight ends, like I do, Cameron Bray's a, a, a very good player to buy right now. Um, but I like OJ Howard a lot. Um, but for that reason, I mean, Cameron Brate being a good, you know, catching tight end, uh, and still being there, uh, I, I just don't see investing in OJ Howard right now. Um, but I do love him for the, for the future. Okay. Um, last night when we were, when I was prepping for this, you know, I send everybody, as I, as I always mention, I send some notes ahead of time and I ask things and, and I ask about players you really liked or really didn't like among the current crop of rookies and dynasty assets. And coincidentally, um, my dad's in town. My mom and dad are in town visiting. My dad is a longtime Giants fan. Like my dad was at the Alan Amici game. You know, I mean, he's, you know, never misses season tickets for a long time. You know, lives and breathes with the Giants. And we were talking about Evan Engram last night. And I said, you know, he was raving about Evan Engram. I said, you know, I'm talking to a guy tomorrow <laughs> who doesn't like Evan Engram. <laughs> and he... He, he's just he's not a big fan. And and, he, and he's looking at me. He goes, I, I got to hear this. So we got to hear this. Why don't you like Evan Ingram? All right. So I guess I should I should clarify. <laughs> I like Evan Ingram as a player. I think. All right. Here's the thing. Evan Ingram isn't a tight end. He's a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just, we're just going to call him a tight end for the rest of his career. But he's not really one. Right. So if I could have ranked my potential landing spots for Evan Ingram, the Giants would have been 32nd for me. Um, <laughs> if he would have went to another team, put him on the Browns, tr- switch him with David Njoku, I, I would have loved Evan Ingram. But until they get an offensive line that can block without an inline tight end, yeah. until they don't have three better receiving options on the team, I don't see a way that Evan Ingram stays on the field. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I said that I hate Evan Ingram, I probably should have clarified I, I hate, hate his landing spot. Okay. I hate it. I mean, we're going to have uh, OBJ, Brandon Marshall, and Sterling Shepard in on three wide receiver sets. Do you put Evan Ingram on the field? 
or do you put a blocking tight end to help with a horrible offensive line? Which, I just don't which see they brought it. one in, right? Ellison. What's that? Which yeah. they, ha- they have Red Ellison to do that. I mean, just strategically, Red Ellison is better. It's better to have him on the field than Evan Ingram, right. just so they can deploy their other weapons. Do you bring a fourth wide receiver on the field, or do you bring in a, a sixth blocker? To me, having that bad of an offensive line, having Eli Manning, who is deteriorating, has a deteriorating skill set. Um, maybe we're all deteriorating, but has a deteriorating <laughs> skill set. Um, I'd rather have that six blocker on the field than have a fourth wide receiver on the field. So let me buy Evan Ingram in 2019. That's my plan. Got it. Uh, because he is a sensational player, uber athletic. Uh, he's going to be making plays in the preseason because they don't need to deploy their best 11 men. Uh, but I just don't see any way in fantasy that he's a contributor now and maybe not even in 2018. Okay, and and to your point about the blocking, yeah, any anyone who's seen er, any Eric Flowers footage knows why the Giants need to keep uh, Red Ellison on the field. Never mind the other linemen, but well, let's just single out Eric Flowers because I love singling out Eric Flowers as a longtime Giants fan. Um, all right, but one side end you do like, you mentioned him earlier a little bit, is David Joku from the Browns. They traded up to get him, right? They traded up to get him toward the end of the first round, I think. Um, Uh, let's see. Yes. I think they traded up for he and peppers. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, they had the assets to do it certainly. So, so David, I mean, another, another crazy athletic tight end here, right? Yeah. Uh, And, and your fan short, short term. Does he, I, 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 when you see a guy like Kaiser, it's sometimes we, we fall into, these easy explanations for things. And I think one of them is that the rookie, the rookie quarterback likes to throw underneath to his tight end. Cause it's, it's a, it's an easy decision, you know? And if he, if he's not willing to be patient, he's going to throw underneath to the tight end. Do you think that fits here with, with, with Kaiser and, and Joku? I just love Njoku just as a player. I, I, I don't, believe in the rookie quarterback to tight end thing that that's been kind of debunked. Um, but I love Njoku as a player. I think again, if I'm ranking potential landing spots for a rookie tight end, this is my number one, as opposed to the giants being yeah. 32 because they have a good offensive line. They can, and, and they don't have, excuse me, three good wide receiver, three amazing wide receivers. Like the giants do. They have two very good ones. We discussed Corey Coleman earlier. We, we like Kenny Britt. But he's going to essentially be their third wide receiver, and they can do that with him. And he might even be a little bit better blocker than Evan Ingram. So, again, with long-term NFL success, I don't think that he's a great blocker, but uh, he has the athletic ability to, to, to be that. Um, but I just love him. I, I wrote a, a Hot Takes article. We, we As a Dynasty 1 team, we had like, give us your mo- most outrageous hot take. And I said that David Njoku will break – Mike Dick, because I think it's like 52-year-old receiving tight end record. Um, so, yeah, give, give me all the David Njoku. Redraft, Dynasty. I, I, I drafted him uh, in the second to last round, I think it was, in um, in Flex. I took Austin Hooper as my first tight end in the okay. third to last round and then and then paired up David Njoku in the second to last round. Everybody who's been listening every regularly, Austin Hooper's name keeps popping up. By the yeah. way, yeah, um, I like it a lot. 
the the Rams. So so last year they drafted Tyler Higby. And this year they draft Gerald Everett. A decent spot. Everett was second round this year and pretty high. If if I have it correct. I don't have the, the draft spots in front of me. Who who's the tight end there? Oh, um yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, we I guess you got to go with the, the, the tight end that they draft that this regime drafted, right? I would think so. I mean, Higby hasn't, he was round four last year, but you're right. Different regime. You're right. Um, but decent draft capital there, not huge, but decent Everett comes this year and he gets picked in round two. I think you're probably right. I mean, both of them have, were, you know, decent in college. And, and Higby, we're going to write Higby off. I get, I, it's a good point. The, the people who are running the team now drafted the, they, they drafted someone to replace Higby essentially, didn't they? Well, I think they're two different tight ends. Um, I think they drafted someone who profiles more like a Jordan Reed than, okay. um, you know what I mean? Yep. Okay. It, it, are, are you owning, are, are you drafting Gerald Everett in Dynasty? Um, I haven't as of late. There's a, a, the thing is I love this tight end class from top to bottom. You you know, I mentioned OJ Howard and, and David Njoku. There's some guys later like Adam Shaheen and Jake, Butt and, and, uh, and even Everett. Uh, but I've, I've been ending up with Shaheen around that range. Okay. Uh, because, because as I mentioned with the, uh, with the quarterbacks, you know, you just got to pick your guy. When you're when you're in that tier with a lot of rookie tight ends, right? Okay, yeah, I was going to ask about the other the other guys, but um, Leggett with the Jets, and he, I mean Safarian Jenkins is there, and he's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite late round picks now. So me too, me yeah. too. Um, but Shaheen's your guy of the other, let's say the other rookie tight ends that you're winding up with. Yeah, he was a high second round pick. Yeah, I don't think was. most people realize that. And and there's just a ton of opportunity at the tight end position there. Obviously, Zach Miller's there, but you know you want a guy that's going to grow with your rookie quarterback. And I think Shaheen could be that guy. All right, you know what? We're going to wrap it there. I could talk about this stuff with Carl all day. Me but too. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna move on. <laughs> we're gonna let him go. Um, everybody, listen to our podcast and get a free 10 day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com/pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out, rotowire.com/pod. Carl, you mentioned uh, you did a hot takes thing recently on Dynasty One Foot. But what what should people look for from you guys leading up to the season and during the season? Yeah, we'll just have a ton of content coming out. We're working hard on uh, we're we're kind of a newer site, so we're working hard on the aesthetics of the website. You know, we do the podcast every week, Dynasty One uh, podcast, and uh, we get different guests on. A lot of cool people talking about different stuff. Always talking about the news of the week and and different Dynasty topics. So you can check us out at Dynasty. Uh, you can check us out at Dynasty One Fantasy on Twitter, at Dynasty One Podcast on Twitter, and definitely look up uh, Dynasty One Podcast and check us out. Yep, and it's the website's DynastyOneFantasy.com. So uh, please go check it out, Carl. Thanks a lot, dude. This was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I could talk about it for Absolutely. hours. So we'll, we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Okay? Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right, everybody. If you like this podcast, we always like to remind you, please leave us a review and a rating. Um, that makes that makes the, my Rotowire overlords very happy. So please go do that for us wherever you're listening. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next episode's coming on Monday. It'll be our final week of of not leading up to actual regular season games. So uh, please check back then for more great fantasy football information. For Carl Safchik, I'm John Halpin. Good luck in your drafts this weekend. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? 
what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.